the big idea. Jesus' desires, identity, authority, and activity originated in and were supported by his prayer life. Our weekly identity statement, When I know who I am, I know what to do. I know who I am by knowing my Creator. I know my Creator through prayer. And our memory verse, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45. Today, I want to look at how Jesus' prayer life affected his desires, identity, authority, and activity, and then I want to look at what that means for our prayer life. First, his desires. We've already spent a fair amount of time talking about Jesus' desires. If you'll recall, in week four, we shared this from John chapter 5, verse 30. By myself, Jesus says, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Jesus' motive was not to please himself, it was to please the one who sent him, the Father. His motives were pure. We get glimpses of his pure motives in some of his prayers as well. In John chapter 12, verse 28, Jesus prays, Father, glorify your name. That same night, Jesus prayed in the garden, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. We can see from Jesus' prayer life that his desires, even in prayer, were to glorify the Father. I would argue that his desire to bring glory to the Father originated from his prayer life. Sure, there were other aspects of Christ that bolstered his pure desire, but certainly his constant communication with the Father undergirded every motive of his heart. This was also a part of how Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Glorify your name. In other words, the point of prayer is not to exalt ourselves, but to exalt God. And... If our desires are not pure from the beginning in connecting with the Father, we run the risk of turning God into our errand boy, which tends to be how many of us spend our time in prayer. How would it change your prayer life to spend time glorifying God, worshiping and exalting Him in His name? How would that change your perspective on what you're facing today? Next, his identity. Jesus' identity as the Son of God was confirmed a couple of different times, and one of those times was while Jesus was praying as he was about to be baptized by John the Baptist. Like I mentioned on Sunday, even with Jesus, identity precedes activity. His identity as the Son of God was confirmed before he started his public ministry. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And, as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Enter the story. While Jesus was praying, heaven opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And from the opening in the heavens there was a voice. And what did that voice say? You are my Son, whom I love. I'm very pleased with you, son. Jesus' identity was confirmed in this miraculous way through a time of prayer. How would it change your life to feel God affirm your place as his child while you are praying? Have you even given God the opportunity to do that? Next, Jesus' authority. 
Later in Jesus' ministry, he took a few of his disciples up to a mountaintop, which, by the way, is one of Jesus' favorite spots to go to pray. Luke chapter 9, verse 28, About eight days later, after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. And then verse 34, While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Peter, James, and John were there to witness this great event. And they were good to their word. They didn't speak of the event until after the resurrection. But these three men were also the men who would be the foundation of the church. And what they heard on this day would confirm the authority they would witness later. What was the context for this event? Jesus took his disciples up on the mountain to pray. Maybe he knew this was going to happen. Regardless, the reason he took them up there was to pray. And it was during this time of prayer that his authority as the Son of God was confirmed to these three disciples. What kind of a confidence would it give you as a minister of Christ to hear the Father affirm your authority as his Son? And lastly, activity, the activity of Jesus. The last thing I want to look at with prayer is how Jesus used prayer as a regular part of his ministry. I think of it in this way. Jesus had such constant communion with the Father in his regular set-aside prayer time that when he was ministering to the people, he was doing so out of this same communion. For example, in Luke 9.16 we read, Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. Right before he was going to do a miracle of feeding 15,000 people from five loaves of bread and two fish, he prayed. He gave thanks. His activity as the Son of God wasn't only girded in prayer before, after, and during his ministry, but he expressed gratitude to the Father for those things he would do as a representative of the Father. How would it change your ministry as a representative of God to pray before you ministered to someone, thanking God in advance for what he was about to do? Our daily scripture focus, Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. As we wrap up, I encourage you to take a few minutes to think and pray through a few things. First, conceptualize. Spend some time thinking about God shaping your desires, identity, authority, and activity. Think about how God might want to redirect you in each of these areas. Does God need to reshape your desires? Does God need to transform your identity? Do you need to receive God's authority as one of his delegates? Do you need God to motivate you to do his work? Next, reflect. Which of these areas feels weakest to you? Put them in order from strongest to weakest. Third, repent. Spend some time praying and ask God to change your mind and heart about each of these areas. If your desires towards God are selfish, repent of that. If you have yet to find your identity in what the Father has said about you, repent of the identities you have assumed. 
If you have not yet acted boldly out of the authority you've been given as a child of the king, repent of that. And if you have yet to act at all, repent of that. Finally, thank God. Thank God that he can change your desires. Thank God that he does give you the status of being his child. Thank God that he has given you the authority to represent him today. Thank God that he has invited you into his work of redeeming the world.